John chapter 6, verses 47 through 59. The Lord Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give him is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Father, we thank you that we have heard your word and we desire to understand it, <clears throat> to come in the fear and delight of the Lord Jesus as we come to your table. Father, fill us with your spirit and help us to understand and apply your precious word in Jesus' name, amen. So three weeks ago, I shared the, the first of the series uh, in, in the I Am's here. Uh, these first two are from John, well, the first number of them will be from the Gospel of John, where here in uh, the previous one, I'm sorry, in verses 30 through 35, uh, the Lord told those uh, many people who were wanting more bread. They enjoyed that physical bread. Uh, and he told them that, though, he is the bread of life. He pointed to himself through this miracle, that he is the nourishment of our soul. He is the, what they truly need to be seeking. Maybe all of them wanted more bread like they had just had, recently had. Uh, but some of them, by God's grace, were ready to hear about the true and the lasting bread. They would understand what Jesus is saying here by the Spirit. But verse 34 says, Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always that they just ate. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. What a promise he is giving to them. You want to never hunger and never thirst. Listen to me. Listen to me now. This was and is a clear declaration of the divinity of the Lord Jesus and that he is our spiritual nourishment. He is our sustenance. He is our eternal food, and that we need to live. And now this, in this second meditation, from, also from John chapter six, we're looking again at uh, the Lord as he says again, I am the bread of life, and he's explaining more what that means. The difference between manna and Jesus is one is a sign, and was not meant to give eternal life, but Jesus is the reality, and he himself is eternal life, which is a gift from him by his atonement for those who will believe him. Verse 47 says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, in other words, so he's talking about faith here, about belief. He who believes in me has everlasting life. And then in verse 48, he says again, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they're dead. And so, he is talking about eternal life, which is him, which is in him. 
And so they should be more eager for that. They're very eager for the physical bread. They should be eager for him. The Lord repeated this in verse 58. He said, this is the bread. In other words, I am. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. And he said, this is the bread which comes down from heaven. The one that one may eat of it and not die. He said, I am the living bread compared to the manna and also compared to the bread that they had recently eaten. Say, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. Again, he is declaring that he was sent by the Father and he is God. He is Messiah. He is the Messiah. And then in the second, second sentence of verse 51, he said, if anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So it starts getting a little more difficult for them, I believe, at this point. That stirred some of them up quite a bit. Uh, both, uh, even those who believed and those, certainly those who did not accept him as the Messiah. Think of the Romans who used this in a number of years afterward to call Christian cannibals as another reason to persecute them. In verse 53, it says, And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, and this is where I probably got very difficult for them, for some of them, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father, and so, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. Matthew Henry said this. He said, this is certainly a parable or a figure, figurative discourse where the actions of the soul upon things spiritual and divine are represented by bodily actions, which made the truths of Christ more intelligible to some and less so to others. So this didn't make sense to the Jewish leaders, most of them, or to carnal Jews or to unbelievers. The Lord spoke of giving his flesh, giving his body, his life, of sacrificing himself. Meaning those who have eyes to see and hearts to understand will partake of him, will believe his sacrifice of himself for them by faith as we are doing this morning. His body was broken for us, dear family. His blood was shed for us to ransom us from slavery to sin, to give us eternal life. And we appropriate that by faith. It's a gift from the author of our faith. So this is kind of like Nicodemus. Remember, he wondered, how can you be born again? So we go back into the mother's womb. So many of the people here were thinking only physically also. They were not understanding the parable here. Uh, the Lord is speaking to those who will know he is offering himself for them. He came to give his life for his own. And he's saying that he would suffer. He would be crucified physically. He would die to give us eternal life. And his own, who comprehend this spiritually, will know wondrous blessings purchased through the redemption of our Lord Jesus, purchased by the sacrifice of his flesh and his blood. Some of those are pardon for sin, acceptance with God. He accepts us in the beloved. Adoption into his family. Access to the throne of grace boldly. Uh, the promises of the covenant 
and as we see here, eternal life. So to eat his flesh and drink his blood means simply to believe in him and his sacrifice for us. John 6, in John 6, 63, Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So these words must be understood as a spiritual illustration and certainly in no way allows for transubstantiation uh, that he is saying, you know, we must uh, or can partake of his actual flesh and blood. The Lord is speaking this, uh, in fact, uh, probably at least a year before he instituted the Lord's Supper when he used the broken bread and the wine, which now reminds us of his sacrifice also. Like he said to the woman at the well, Whoever drinks this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So she also took that parable literally at first, or that uh, phrase. She didn't want to have to draw water. It's a very hard thing to do. But his word must be spiritually discerned. And praise God, he opens the eyes of his elect to understand by the Spirit that he gives eternal life And that life is in him, in his sacrifice. The bread, he said, that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world, everyone who will believe. Praise God we can enjoy spiritual nourishment now through partaking of this uh, communion meal together. Let's feed on him and believe on him and recognize again that we have no lasting sustenance. We have no spiritual health. We have no true life outside of him. There is no nourishment for our soul without him. Paul said this, the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one body, and one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. So we, as his elect, are connected. We are unified by this ceremony as one body in him. So as we eat this bread, and as we drink this wine together, we remember his death for us until he comes. And we remember, that again, that he is our life. He gives us all we need for life and godliness. He is the bread of everlasting life. Let's pray. O oh Lord, you alone, indeed, are the bread of life. You alone give eternal life. And we come now in thankfulness for your sacrifice for us, for humbling yourself to come in the flesh, for being treated shamefully, for hanging in agony on a cross for us, for being the Lamb of God who died to take away our sin, to atone for it, that we might know abundant life now and eternal blessing with you forever. Oh Lord, thank you for opening our eyes and our hearts to understand the gospel and for commanding that we keep this memorial service until you come. And we ask for eyes to see you now and hearts to praise you now as we partake In the name of Jesus, our Redeemer, amen.